welcome to episode 308 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Uh, thank you Jeff and uh, an exciting show ahead I hear. It certainly is and the main reason is because I've got a cracker of a joke Alois. Oh, about time, that's all <laughs> I can say. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Uh, no, I didn't know there was one. Great food, but no atmosphere. No atmosphere. That's bordering on funny, Jeff, like bordering. <laughs> uh, I knew you'd love it. Yeah. Oh, dear. And again, I, I just worry with these jokes that, you know, someone will be driving along listening to the podcast in their car and they're going to yeah. laugh so much they're going to have an accident. That's my only concern with with these jokes. Yeah, true. There's there's, there's there is a difference laughing at and laughing with. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but it is an exciting show, Alois. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I hope so. I hope, hope it gets better than that. <laughs> oh dear. I I heard that we're going to have a competition. Uh, indeed, and that's the exciting part, right? So, uh, yeah, so World Team Championships coming up and uh, we this is almost a traditional competition now, Jeff. Um, we're going to uh, have a competition to see who can pick. Now, this is a bit strange. Who can pick the silver medalist in the men's team championships? Now, why, why have we gone for silver medal? Well, you know, I think... If we went for gold medal, everyone would want to get onto China. I think so. But it doesn't mean you can't get onto China for the silver medal. Um, but uh, let's see who can pick the silver medalist in the men's team championships. All right. And, uh, what do people win, Alloys? Ah, uh, they win. They're going to. There's one of five Ping Skills T-shirts, and they've been really popular. Our Ping Skills T-shirts. In fact, I'm wearing one right now, and. Um, and uh, it'll be good to see um, who can who can nut out the uh, the winner of the silver medal. Yeah, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? Um, I mean, indeed, China seeded number two, so maybe maybe China will get the silver medal. Well, that's right. They are seeded number two. Um, yeah, we we'll go through a little bit more about the world championships. Um, if you, do you want to do that now, Jeff? Oh well, yeah. Let's do it in a little. Let's do it with the tournament wrap. But um, okay. right now, how do people enter this competition? Yeah, so it's very simple. And Jeff, the the genius, has set up a competitions page. All you need to do is go to the website pingskills.com, and if you click on your name, the drop down box there, and then underneath that, you will find a link to competitions. Click on the competitions page and then choose the World Team Championship competition and follow the instructions. Really easy. But all you need to do is put in the one-word answer of the winner. Yeah, so the country. So you could put in, if you think it's China, put in China. If you think it's going to be Germany, put in Germany. Japan, put in Japan. Pretty easy, hopefully. Yeah, well, it could be a two-word answer. True. It could be Hong Kong. Yes. Maybe they will get the silver medal. Hmm. Yes, indeed. It could be Korea Republic. Ooh. So, yes. uh, 
Yeah, so we'll 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 get to that uh, in the tournament wrap a little bit later on. Cool. All right, but now, Alois, let's move on to the segment of the show on this week. Ah, yes, about time we got to this. Um, <laughs> so, on this week, well, it was actually a couple of days ago, and it was Jorgen Persson's birthday, twenty second of April, nineteen sixty six. Jeffrey. Wow. Just turned. Matt, what, was Jeff, that making fifty-two? Fifty-two years old. That's that's getting on, isn't it? Isn't it? And I remember, I remember watching Jorgen uh, win his world championships in nineteen ninety-one in Chiba, uh, winning the world singles championships, beating Janove Volder in the final um, in Chiba City. Um, at ninety-one, they also won the the teams championships. Um, and uh, it was a bit of a golden period for uh, for Sweden at that stage. So, so uh, Jorgen, part of um, the te- the Swedish team that won four World Teams Championships. So, won it in 89, 91, 93, and, and 2000 in KL as well. So, The um, yeah. dominating period, wasn't it? I mean, it's hard to imagine now anyone beating China, but, yeah, that was... A, a- incredibly strong team that Swedish team yeah that's right and then um yeah as I said also winning the singles in in 91 which probably you know is the highlight of his uh, career I would say um but um yeah a really distinguished career he also won a world uh, singles cup in 91 in KL and won the world teams cup in 1990 um won uh, European singles championships in 86, won several uh, European teams championships. So, um, yeah, one of the, you know, we, we say this a bit, but yeah, one, of, one of the legends of, uh, of table tennis. Yeah, and and if I'm not mistaken, Alois, he competed in seven Olympic Games. Yeah, that's right. Up to, I think it was up to 2012, he competed in every Olympics that uh, table tennis was part of since 88. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's a pretty amazing uh, record as well. Certainly is. Well, happy birthday, Jorgen Person. Yes, indeed. And uh, I'm sure he's celebrating it somewhere in the world. <laughs> that's right. Now, um, because he was such a, uh, a great player at the World Championships, let's now move on, Alloys, to the tournament wrap and the World Teams Championships. Yeah, and interestingly, the World Teams Championships is actually being played in Jorgen Person's uh, city of birth in Hamstad in Sweden. So there's another link. There well, you go. That's, that's nice. The ITTF did that for him. Yeah, exactly. Just for his birthday, they've uh, awarded Hamstad the uh, the World Team Championships. Um, yeah. So, but the World Team Championships, uh, there's men's and women's teams um, event, um, and there's uh, it's being played in some divisions. So we'll focus mainly on the championship division. And in the championship division, uh, there are 24 teams. So only one of these 24 teams can actually win the the world team championships. But you'd probably imagine that uh, anyone outside those 24 isn't going to win anyway, um, given the strength of those 24 teams. But interestingly, in the women's um, teams, so China tops the seedings, um, probably not too remarkably. And uh, Japan seeded number two, Chinese Taipei uh, seeded three, and China Hong Kong 
um, seeded number four. So um, really strong competition. Um, China in a group with Singapore, Russia, India, Belarus, and Sweden. So um, so some some tough matches there for uh, for everyone, probably except for China. Um, <laughs> the, the interesting matchup that I see there though is. Uh, after the Commonwealth Games, Singapore and India pitted against each other again. And uh, India knocked off Singapore. Singapore will be well and truly ready to uh, to re- uh, try to avenge that defeat in the Commonwealth Games and uh, and trying to get uh, on top of India this time. Certainly. So, yeah. Um, yeah other teams of note, uh, Romania, um Seeded number two in Group C, Austria seeded number two in their group, and uh, Korea Republic in uh, in Group D. I don't see that the winners kind of come out of anyone apart from those uh, those, and probably you know in the women's, geez, China is so dominant. Um, but um, we'll we'll see we'll see what uh, what transpires. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see anyone beating them. I mean, the Indians off their success in the Commonwealth Games. You know they're going to be on a high, but it's still hard to imagine them taking down China. They can they can go as high as they like, but uh, yeah, they're not knocking off China. I mean, they did surprise me by knocking off Singapore, and we have said that they are on the way up, but uh, I don't think they're that uh, that far on the way up. But we'll be interesting to see how they perform. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, the men's men's competition again, twenty four teams, um, and uh, probably didn't mention earlier. So they're they're put into four groups of six teams each so so each team will play five teams matches before getting out of the group um and the number one seeds in the men's is germany and that's basically based on the world uh rankings of course and as you know now both bol and ovchrov have topped the world rankings recently so they're right up there and that gives them their number one seed for the for the teams event china in at number two Japan at number three and France in at number four. So other teams of note uh, in the men's team competition and, and especially to uh, to have a think about for um, to, to enter the ping skills uh, competition. Yeah, so Hong Kong is number two in Germany's group. Portugal number two in China's group. Chinese Taipei uh, in, are in Japan's group and the Korea Republic are in France's group. Um, Austria's in there as well. India's in Group D. Um, in Group A, the home home team of Sweden. You know, can they get the home team behind them and, and knock off uh, the number one seeds in Germany or or number uh, number two in their group in Hong Kong? So uh, yeah, it's, it goes pretty deep um, in the in the men's competition. Yeah. Um, and don't don't forget in, in uh, England as well. You know, England. Um, had had a great uh, competition last World Team Championships, um, so they're they're only the number three seeds in their group, uh, pitted up against Japan and Chinese Taipei. So yeah, I think yeah. they're a dangerous one. Yeah, with Pitchford, uh, Drinkle, and Walker. Yeah, could be a could be a yeah. They, yeah, they 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 do look they do look um, pretty pretty tough. Um, yeah, and you know, could could get up there because I think that you know the second place is pretty open again this year. Mm. Certainly. So yeah. So just a little bit about the format 
um, as well for the competition. So yeah, so the teams will play in that in their group. So they'll play all the other five teams in their group first. Then the winners of the group move out to, uh, straight into the quarterfinals, um, and the second and third place teams um, then play off in round of sixteen matches um, to uh, to move through and try and um, and meet the. Uh, the winners of the groups in the quarterfinals. So yeah, um, I like inter- that format, Alois, because you know you got to give something to the team that finishes first in their group, so they get automatically a round ahead, and then yep. you you cut out the bottom half teams and the top half, the second and third from the group get to go through. I think it's a good system. Yeah, that's right. So twelve teams basically moving through um, into the knockout phase. And that's that's when our competition will actually close as well. So once the groups have finished, um, is when you need to put in your uh, entry for the competition. So uh, before the round of sixteen matches. Yes, good good point there. You can't just uh, wait till the end and uh, see who won the silver medal and chuck it in. You've you've got to actually pick it. Yeah, once yeah. the teams are out yeah. of the groups. And how are we going to pick the winner, Jeff? Uh, just uh, our favourite people. Uh, no, it's you, it's automatically done by the computer, finds out who's got the right answer and randomly selects our five winners. Okay, and this is a little system that Jeff has, has uh, conjured up again. So Yes, uh, we've used it once before for our uh, 300th Ask the Coach show, actually. That's right, and uh, that it worked successfully. You push the button and it generated five winners, so that was that was good. And I'm sure it'll do that again. Um, so I suppose just if you are entering that competition or when you are entering that competition, just be sure to make sure you type in the name of the team very clearly. Um, because if you don't type the name in correctly, then the computer will not select you uh, to be in the in the winner's draw. So uh, we will put a link to the teams in the in the men's championship division and I and um, it's important that you copy down exactly um, how it is on the listed team so for example um, the tricky ones I suppose are Hong Kong China as uh, so again make sure you copy that down exactly as it is um, in the men's championship division draw um, there's Chinese Taipei uh, then there's the two Koreas. So there's Korea Republic, which is South Korea, and DPR Korea, which is North Korea. So make sure you um, you specify exactly who you think will win. Because if you just put down Korea, um, you won't actually be part of the uh, the winner's draw if Korea does, of course, win the silver medal. Yes, good point. Good point, Alois. And yeah, and if you just pick Korea, you're picking two Koreas. So that wouldn't be fair anyway. Exactly. Unless no, people no, don't no. recognise North Korea. Um, but let's not get political. <laughs> no, no not, not today. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, all right. Well, this is going to be exciting, Alice. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I, I do, like you, feel it's going to be China, China for gold and gold. Silver, I'm not sure. I'm not going to give too much away because I want people to think about it themselves for the competition. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, have a good think about it. Have a look at the draw. Have a think about the system. Um, see who you think might end up in the number two position. And, of course, you can put China as number two. I'm not saying that China has already been awarded the uh, the team championships. 
But no. um, but yeah, let's open it up by trying to pick number two. Otherwise, I think we'll have lots and lots of Chinas if we ask for the winner. Indeed. All right. Now let's move on, Alloys, to the tip and drill of the week, or as we like to call it, the trill of the week. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, the trill of the week this week is to have a think about the your variation of speed with your topspin or with your attacking shots um, in particular. So I think um, one of the really important things that I see at the top level is that even though, you know, it looks like these guys are just belting the ball really hard all the time, there is always some subtle differences in what they're doing with the speed. And often it's not the fastest ball that wins the rally. It's sometimes the ball that they play with a bit of variation with a, that's a little bit slower with a little bit more spin um, and then perhaps followed up by a faster ball. But it's not um, just going out there and belting the ball as hard as you can every single time you you, uh, you hit the ball. So really important to, to start to develop that as part of your game as well is some variation with the speed of your attacking shots and especially with your top spin. Yeah, and if you are watching some of the World Championships, just take a look out for that when, you, when you're watching the games. Try and analyse and see, yeah, how are they varying their forehand topspin or their backhand topspin with their speed? And yeah, it's that's a yeah, really good, I, really good tip. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know sometimes it's difficult, but the more you watch those matches, the more you get used to the speed of their hitting it. I mean, initially when when we watch these matches, it's just like, wow, look at that! Like they are just hitting the ball so hard and so fast and um, all the time. But the more you watch it, you can start to pick up just some very subtle changes in speed that's winning players' points. Yeah, that makes sense. So if that's the tip of the week, how can they practice that, Alois, with a drill? Yeah, so let's let's do a drill where um, you're only allowed to topspin and I'm only allowed to block. Now, you can... Uh, use the whole table if you want to, or you can just use half the table. So you can just use maybe the forehand uh, boxes only. Um, you can work that out just depending on your own level and also the level of your training partner. So initially what I want you to do is I want you to play a game where you're only top spinning and I'm only blocking, but you're hitting the ball fast all the time. So you're trying to hit the ball really strong um, and I'm only allowed to block. See how you go with that game, and then let's add in the the ability for the top spin player to to be able to vary the speed and spin on the ball, and then see is that easier for the top spin player? Is it easier for the blocker? Um, you know what happens in that situation, and f- try to find ways to make it more effective. Mm, I like that drill because then you you get to compare yeah the difference and and especially if you both try it, you'll get to see as the blocker and as the attacker, you know, which you find harder. Great drill. Yeah. Yeah, so give, give that a go and let us know how you get on with the drill of the week this week, which is the top spin to block game. Awesome. All right. Now, Alois, let's move on to some questions. Are you yes, ready? of course. Always All right. Ready. First up is one from Ayush who says... How can I practice for the backhand chop? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good one, Ayush, because it's not, well, one, it's not practiced a lot, but two, it can be difficult to practice your chop if you're training with a partner who hasn't got a very consistent top spin. So what I really recommend in this situation is to utilize multi-ball. So get your training partner to start to feed out uh, the ball to you with topspin, uh, but using multi-ball. So that way you're going to get a lot of opportunities to practice your backhand chop uh, because they'll be able to hit a lot of balls on the table using multi-ball. So with the feed for that multi-ball, it would be um, your the multi-ball hitter um, standing fairly close to the net and basically just top spinning the ball straight over onto your side um, at whatever pace that you want them to do it at, you know, whether you want them to do it fast or slowly or, um, or, or some variations as well. So that gives the chopper a bit more of an opportunity to practice that backhand chop by getting someone to feed multiple. Yeah, I mean, multiple is just such a great skill to learn. It, some people might find it a bit daunting, but it's not... Not a really difficult skill to pick up. It does take some practice, but definitely take a look at our course, uh, multi-ball course on the website. Um, that'll give you all the information you need. And yeah, it, it really is a, a great skill to learn for, for your training. Yeah, and um, the, yeah, if you, if you do go to that um, multi-ball um, section, uh, we'll show you how to feed multi-ball. Uh, for various situations as well, so that'll be uh, that'll be useful for you. Certainly. All right, great question, Ayush. Next up is one from Ali, who says, "I've noticed that during the game, if I receive a fastball on the backhand, due to having less time to do the topspin, my backhand stroke is shorter and essentially looks like a drive. How is it impossible to part topspin even when there's no time to do the full stroke?" Yeah. So how? Um, so to to Put a bit of topspin on that ball. What you need to focus on is the contact of the bat on the ball. So you don't need a big stroke, but just turn your racket over slightly so that you're brushing the top of the ball. Um, and it can be a, a really small action, but that's how you're going to generate the, the topspin um, on the ball. So we always talk about the amount of time you have. And the more time you have for your strokes, the bigger your stroke can be. The less time you have, the smaller your stroke needs to be, but you can still have the same type of contact for the topspin. So if you're playing a big topspin stroke, you're going to brush the ball um, on contact to generate the topspin. With a small topspin stroke, same contact, but just a smaller stroke. So you're not going to generate as much speed, but you'll still generate the topspin on the ball. Yeah, and especially on the backhand alloys, this is a big change, I think, in the game in the last 15 years, is that most of the top players aren't just blocking it back when they play a small stroke on their backhand. They are doing this kind of small action with a bit of topspin. So even if they have a small stroke, it's still quite an attacking stroke that they're using. Yeah, that's right, because the topspin is kicking through um, and, and kicking off the table, which makes the bounce a little bit faster. So yeah, and and if you watch if you watch the top players, as Jeff said, you know they're all playing that ball with a bit of topspin. No, there's not too much blocking happening now. Yeah, and it's it's not an easy stroke to play, but they make it look easy. Um, does take a lot of practice. All right, great question, Ali. And next up is one from Walid, who wants to know what is the rarest serve 
so one that you don't often see. Any thoughts on this one, Alois? Yeah, it's it, it's another, another interesting one, Wally. Um, I yeah, there's a couple that come to mind. One one is the high toss server. I don't think it's used enough. I, I'm probably just getting on my high horse here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I reckon the the high toss serve isn't used enough. But then the I reckon the windscreen wiper serve isn't used much. And whenever I see it used, I see players having problems receiving it. Um, mm. So yeah, that's that's the other one. The windscreen wiper serve, I think, is probably the one that I would say um, is rarest or least used and, and should be used more as well. But don't forget the high toss serve too. <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? And I think... Some serves kind of go through phases. Like, I kind of got this picture that, like, in the 70s, the Tomahawk serve was quite popular and then it sort of waned. And now you're sort of starting to see a few more players use it. Um, the the pendulum serve's just always been very popular. But then once the reverse pendulum came in, it was suddenly all the rage. Um, but, yeah, I guess, yeah, not many people are doing the high toss, are they? Just your favourite Samsonov, maybe. That's right, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's really important for you as a player to think about not necessarily, you know, just copying um, other players, but if you find something different, it can be really effective. So, you know, just just try it. Now, you know, even, even serving um, those serves from the opposite corner of the table, uh, which we have talked about before, you know, even, even serve your pendulum serve from the forehand corner rather than the backhand corner, um, as a change-up and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, great tips. All right, so, yeah, great question, Waleed, and everyone listening. Yeah, try some different serves and just see what happens. Um, Alois loves the high-toss serve, so give it a go. And then, yeah, try some uh, try some other rare serves and, and from different positions. Good luck with that, everyone. All right, next up is a question from Tian, who says, I was looking all over for the answer to this, but I just can't find one. When do you switch playing sides of the table with your opponent? Yeah, so, um, so Tian, you change after each game up to 11. Um, so if you're, uh, yeah, so once the first game is finished, um, then you change ends um, with your opponent. The other time that you do change ends is when the first player reaches five points in the deciding game. So if you're playing a best of five game, if you reach the fifth game, if um, you get to five first, then um, you and your opponent swap ends. So whoever, as soon as someone reaches five points, uh, you swap ends with your opponent in the deciding game as well. That seems kind of random. Why would they do that, Alois? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it's always a case of you know just making sure that it's all fair. You know, perhaps one end um, the the lighting is a little bit better or the background is a little bit better. So uh, so just to make it uh, fair and even, uh, that's what they do. They change ends um, when one person reaches five. Ah, makes sense now. What Indeed. a great rule. Indeed, <laughs> it was interesting. I, uh, I was watching the um, the badminton finals at the uh, Commonwealth Games, yeah. And uh, they're now playing up to twenty one points uh, with you know rally points. So you win a point um, every rally. 
I told you it was a good number to play up to. We should go back to 21. <laughs> They'll get to 11 shortly. But uh, but, they, but they, they change ends in the deciding game when the first player reaches 11. So rather than 10, we used to change at 10. They change at 11. Um, so which also makes sense because it's like, uh, you know, like finishing a game up to 11. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll get around to playing up to 11 shortly. <laughs> More exciting, hey? Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, next up is a question from Shalabu. He says, I'm from Indonesia and I'm very happy with ping skills, but I do not understand English that well. And he was wondering whether it can be translated to Indonesian. Okay, that's that's a that's another good question, Shalabu. Um, I suppose we would love to be able to translate um, all of our videos into a whole heap of languages and and you know we've got um, we've got players from you know, around 200 countries um, as members on the website um, with probably you know at least 50 different languages. So it's it's really difficult for us to to be able to cover that sort of um, uh, breadth of uh, of our readers. Um, but yeah, Jeff, you, yeah, there are that, there are a yeah. lot of our videos on YouTube, and you can um, you can go to our YouTube channel and submit a translation if you if you know English and um, another language, then you can through YouTube uh, uh, put in a translation. And in fact, uh, I think in the link to this question we have uh, on our website, we link to exactly where you can do that. So if anyone out there would like to translate some videos, um, then just go to the uh, this Ask the Coach uh, podcast page and we'll put a link there so to show where you can translate the videos. Um, yeah, we'd love for people to do that. We already have quite a few people doing that and submitting stuff all the time, which is really great. We really appreciate it when people um, have the time to do that for us. So is it easy enough to do, Jeff? Is it easy enough for a person to be able to do that? Yeah, well, yeah, it is really easy. If you've got a YouTube account, um, you just go to this link and it'll show the English translation and you just have to type in, the if you're doing it to Indonesian, what that those words are in Indonesian or in your chosen language that you want to do. And then okay. you just submit it, uh, it gets reviewed, and then it'll get published. Okay, so, all right. Well, yeah. Jeff, there's an opportunity. So, um, yeah, so Shalabu, I suppose we haven't really given you a, 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 a real win, but, um, but hopefully other people can also help, uh, you know, whether it's Indonesian or French or German or Spanish or, Chinese or Spanish or whatever it is and, um, yeah, and just get in there and, uh, and contribute. And that would certainly uh, help us to be able to spread the message um, of our uh, videos to to a whole lot more people. Yes, indeed. Yes. Very, very good. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for the questions. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure to get in on the competition. Uh, five Pink Skills T-shirts up for grabs. And, of course, thank you, Alloys. And thank you, Jeff. And, yes, don't forget, enter. Enter soon. Absolutely. All right. Good luck, everyone, and we will catch you shortly. Bye.